Welcome back to Nickel City Chronicles. It's been a little bit while, been about a month since I've uh, been here. I've been on my other channel, Gnostic Conformant, making history videos, mythology videos, having fun with that, watching that channel grow fast. If all, any of you have been over there watching it, thanks for watching. If not, go check that out right now, Gnostic Conformant on YouTube. But I'm here with my special guest, Rich, my boy. This is our third time doing a podcast together because every time I do one with you, it blows up. People want to hear you talk. People love you. Musician, artist, what else? What else? You're a, you're a man of many things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Warrior. Yes. I don't know. Something something pretty glorious. Uh, hi, everyone. Sorry I sound like this. Um, it's not COVID. I, I get tested every day. Or not every day, but like uh, a couple times a week. So I got tested today. It's not that. I just have like a summer cold right now. And uh, actually, sounds pretty good. It does. A little deeper voice, a little, little like more radio type voice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Neil's one of my best friends in the world. I love him. And uh, I don't know, we, we tend to go sprawling when we talk. Yeah. We go deep, <laughs> so, dude. Um, but yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot of things I wanted to talk to you about, but right off the bat, man, I'm hearing, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I since I got you here, uh-huh. I'm not really supposed to talk about this. You said it was supposed to be a secret, but I got you here now, so I want to ask you, Uh-oh. what is this that I'm hearing about you and David Lynch doing <laughs> doing some work together? And is that even true? Like, what 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 is it's that? It's very about? true. What? I can't I can't wrap my head around it myself. But um, what? tell us about that. So. Okay, like, I'm trying to, um, I'm going to try to streamline this and be ex- concise, but um, it's difficult to do that because David Lynch is like, <sighs> it's not sufficient to say he's my hero. <laughs> he, like, David Lynch, for me, is like the equivalent of like a secular prophet. He is, dude. He's, he's a- like, David Lynch, when I think of a visionary, like, I, like the man comes instantly He's one of the greatest of all time. Maybe oh, he the is the greatest of all time. time. He's I would consider David Lynch to be like the greatest artist. You know ever. what? I'm, you know, you know. You said prophet, and people might laugh at that. But like, what really is a prophet? Somebody who gives a vision of what of what is to come, and like uh, someone who can assess the zeitgeist of the times. Who is better? Who is more? Like, who can get that name title besides him? Yeah, that's why. Our I, current time. And art nobody. and music, art and movies is like the modern form of scripture nowadays. This is what people connect to it. It's how you connect to the unknown through these films, through these music, through art, through literature. And this is the way it is. This is the new, this is the new world we're in now. David Lynch. Um, so I, I was careful to specify like secular prophet because uh, in terms of the Christian faith of which I am a profound adherent, as you know, um, prophets are measured by, uh, they're, they're emissaries, they're messengers of the Lord. And they're the way that you would test a prophet in the, uh, well, in the prophetic days, like the, especially the old Testament yeah. is like 100% accuracy or like no room for, yeah, you can't for, get, you get yeah, one thing wrong. Nothing you're, you're amorphous. A false, you're a nothing, false prophet. Yeah. Nothing like kind of, uh, um, you know, hazy, like, I mean, to the day, to the hour, these people would, would, would specify exactly what was going to happen. It was a demonstration of the Lord's power to people like, especially Elijah. So, uh, I say that Dave Lynch is a secular prophet because, uh, it, like, because, um, he's not speaking for God, but, my entire conception 
of God, my feeble, feeble conception of God is informed by how explosive David Lynch's visionary Mm -hmm. aesthetic is. So I'm thinking... He talks about the collective consciousness yeah, as, as being like mm-hmm. what God is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what he would probably say. Well, he, so David Lynch, so what I'm doing with David Lynch, uh, like, I cannot stress this enough. D- this man's work literally on like, on more than one occasion has, has saved my life. I mean, I, I didn't give up when I was at the height of my drug use. I didn't just like throw in the towel because I, I was watching David Lynch's work. And I was listening to like people like Dennis Hopper, uh, you know, who, who, who played one of the worst villains ever in blue velvet, Frank, <laughs> you know, it's just awful. Just this hideous role. Oh, incredible. And, but, but he, he was, he himself was a terrible drug addict Yeah. and I'll never forget, you know, I remember at the time I, I, I was messed up. I can't remember, you know, I, I'd taken a number of things on, on this night and I saw Dennis Hopper giving an interview and thinking, and, and he had said, you know, I, I always thought that, you know, to be a great artist, you had to derange your senses. You had to, you know, be a tortured, you know, the, the normal BS that we, you know, we've, we, we've talked about like this trash about how you had, you know, only true artists are tortured and, and, and all this nonsense from the pit of hell. Right. Right. And, right. and, and here comes Dennis Hopper straight out of the gate just saying, well, you know, then I look at people like David Lynch and he doesn't derange his senses. He's not getting high on drugs. He's not drinking. He's like he's sort of pure. In a way. Yeah, yeah, he is. And like, and like the weirdest things, you know, come to this man. It's not even so I might've gotten like a little ahead of myself for, for anybody who doesn't know, Oh, you know, this is about to change your life. If you look into this right now, um, you're welcome. David Lynch is a director. It, it, I'm limiting his scope by calling him a director because he does everything. He does all the writing. He's a, vis- he's a visionary. Yeah, a total artist. Visionary. Yeah. He, he's an auteur. Like he, he writes all of his own scripts. He directs the camera angles, the sound design. Oh God, the sound. Every design. little detail. Every is detail by him. You can have like a legitimate experience, not even watching the movie, just listening to the movie. You can even look at his the background, what's going yes. on in his films. You're like, yes, what is exactly. he? What is that? What, that means something. That, I, and then you can exactly. dig into those things. Go down rabbit hole behind rabbit yes, hole behind like rabbit hole. Universes within universes within universes. Yeah. Like his entire. He directed, for instance, the seminal uh, television series Twin Peaks. Um, Elephant Man, Eraserhead. This is out of order. Order doesn't matter with David Lynch because David Lynch does not treat time in a linear fashion. He, Lynch understands how things really are, which is that time is like a very oblique, abstract, non-existent property. Yeah, and he really just takes it's an illusion. I can't sit here and like summarize them. I want to. You gotta watch it. You, you gotta, watch, you've Tw- got you've got to watch Twin Peaks. Watch Twin Peaks. Like if you want. Yeah. If you want an experience of David Lynch, the movie to watch, I would say, would be um, Mahalan Drive's good. Mahalan Drive, they're all amazing. Yeah, Mahalan yeah. Drive is like Eraserhead. Kind of Eraser, just, just throw yourself dream-like. into the deep head. Yeah, go to, yeah, go just, to watch Eraserhead. Yeah, just that should be your introduction up, to David Lynch. It should be. That was the world's introduction to David Lynch. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's like, like a punch in the heart of the soul. Watching this, it's just like you're going to be shook. You've never seen anything like it. I promise you. I like. I was listening to him speak about. The process, the, the the process, the the um, the creative process behind Eraserhead, and he said that he gave his wife, he gave his wife a pen and a pad to keep by her bedside, so that when she had a crazy dream, 
and she woke up, she would write it down. Now, why would she write it down then and there? Here, there's a science behind dreams that when you get up out of your bed and take two steps, your brain already disposes your dream into the subconscious and you forget about it. Really? Yeah, that's it's like this, your short-term memory. I didn't memory, know that, actually. Your short-term memory. That's why people say, oh, I didn't have a dream last night. No, you did have Yeah, a you've had about four you dreams. You forgot about it. Yes, exactly. Most people forget about their dreams. So to keep a pen and pad next to your bed, is as soon as you wake up, you'll still remember your dream right away. As soon as you get up and start walking around and make coffee, you forgot. It does kind of feel often like the last vestiges of the residue of a profound dream, like kind of slip off of you like an oil. It's like DMT. That's why people associate DMT with dreams because people, people, to, people who have experienced DMT will tell you you forget what it's like. Yeah, five you, minutes the later, mind you're like, can't copy ten minutes later, you're like, did that even happen? I, what? You it, forget. It it's breaks just like down. a dream. Yeah. It's literally like dream while you're awake. It breaks down like the boundaries between uh, waking life and like experiencing the, the voice of your world. own subconscious. Yeah, that's what it is. And so David Lynch is like in his work inhabits the space between consciousness and uh, that's a good way and, to put it. And, sur and surreality. Yes, and it's like that that's amazing. what David Lynch is interested in. It's it's a like, soundbite right that there. That space right between there, and it's like only David Lynch can. I mean, so far, like I've just never. It is impossible to. It's frustrating to talk about David Lynch for me because it's it's like, what the hell do I say about him? It, it, he's he's just so unbelievable. So yeah. so this guy's like revolutionized my life in every way. And um, before I kind of discuss the specifics of this project, because uh, this I will will be like the first time I really discuss it. Actually, please do. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fitting because it's because it's on your podcast. Buddy, yes. So, um. I wanted to touch on what you said about uh, his method, uh, you, you know, the, the business of writing down the creative process. So I love hearing that about David Lynch because very recently I too have met the girl of my dreams. So hi, Amanda. Congratulations. Dude. Thank you. It's been, Good luck. it's been a long time. Oh, hell yes, I am. <laughs> I am extremely blessed. Yeah. And it is, um, my creative process has undergone as a result of this, like a radical ignition, I guess. And, and it's strange because certain things need to come out of certain mouths in order to be heard by us. Mm -hmm. Like a certain level of resonance has to be achieved um, in order for, for something to be really, like a really impactful statement. So I listen to her talk of just, just about anything really but um she doesn't even know she's doing this but in listening to you know the things that she's saying like we she and i share like a tremendous faith in the lord you know like it's revitalized my my, my own faith we go to church together which is something i've never had and in those environments with her i hear things now in a way that like i I didn't hear them before. It, like, I'm still kind of trying to work this out. And so, yes, like, I understand now, like, what David is doing with a process like that. Like, where the other person, you know, that you're sharing your life with becomes like this repository of, of, um, material. Yeah. And you and I were just, you know, kind of talking. It's like a unity in, in relationships. Yes. Like, especially like real ones. Yeah. There's like, it's so there's something called a Merbius strip, the infinity loop. If you type oh, in the word yeah. like forever on your iPhone, it'll bring up like, it looks like a sideways eight. Yeah. That's called a Merbius strip. Symbol of infinity. Yeah. Like literally you're just like looping back in 
It's interesting. Uh, and like, I, God help me, I understand that now. I do. Like, I, I can grasp it in my own limited way being with this girl. So, I, um, David Lynch has taught me in studying his work and, and like, cause, cause you don't watch David Lynch. You experience David Lynch. Let's just be clear about that. Okay. Like yeah. you are not going in, you can go into this casually. You are going to come out. Like he's going to smack you right in the mouth with his genius. And it's glorious. And like, he has taught me more than I think anybody else that everything for an artist or a create, you know, a creator, a creator is an artist. Everything out there is material. It is fair game. Mm. Like, the true artist is mining constantly. Yes. Every single thing in your life. People will say that that's like, this, it's somewhat ruthless. You know, so Jeff Lynn, or not Jeff Lynn, I'm sorry, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. I mean, this is really extreme. Like, but he used to, like, keep fights going with his wife. To, to, like deliberately so he could like write albums about it wow that's that's i'm sorry deep. but that, like sacrifice the body right you know i myself would not do that like just that's crazy because i just don't you know like n now that i'm a little bit older it's fascinating to think it about is it, like i mean that's like that's like the equivalent of like method acting yeah. you know where you just don't break character well, yeah ever. like like who does that for example i think jared leto recently who's playing the joker got a lot of uh, criticism because he was like sending condoms in the mail to people. <laughs> yeah. Use condoms in the mail to people because he went, I'm the Joker right now. For the next ne for the next two years, I'm the Joker. Yeah, well, that killed Heath Ledger. I mean, that role He really jumped into that role and kill it killed Yeah, him. like that's, I mean, so certain places for the creative spirit are dangerous to inhabit. That is a real thing. I am here to yeah. tell you that, like, there are certain places where it's not good to immerse yourself, A, for long, or B, Ever. Right. And 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 one of those places, you know, like so Je Jeff Tweedy, you know, was like, Yeah, I got some good material out of it, and he did. But it's just like at what cost? You know, you, you like there's a cost to benefit ratio. There's an opportunity cost to everything. And so I'm glad you have the Joker because like those are like depending on which version of the Joker you're playing, for instance, like it's always a dangerous role. It's just like you're you're you you're living the entire character of the Joker is predicated on living on the razor's edge. And then jumping over it, and then cutting people with that razor, and it's just not a pleasant, you know, place to live. It killed Heath Ledger. You know, it's getting Jared in trouble. Jack Nicholson could handle it, but you know, he's Jack. Yeah. Um, but as far as David Lynch is concerned, uh, you know, I it he the thing I'm doing with him. So 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 here it is. He. Oh, this is so wonderful what he like he's such a genius. Oh my god, he's so amazing. His work <laughs> like God has clearly touched David Lynch. Clearly. <laughs> clearly the Lord has infused the man like with second sight. And he um the, he 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 created an immensely popular television series called Twin Peaks in in the early 90s. It ran yeah. for two seasons. Yeah. The end of the second season, like basically the last words are I'll see you in 25 years. 25 years later Can you like, imagine being a fan back then being like huh oh i was like it, like i you know i was just a kid when i was happening but i remember watching that show like and i'll see you in 25 years and then like 25 years later he delivers out of nowhere like an 18 hour movie yeah. essentially just like fragmented into 18 parts like comes out wow and this is we are so privileged to be able to um apprehend or witness like the work of an artist of this caliber while he's creating it because I got to episode eight. I'm not gonna, you can't possibly ruin. I'm gonna show a clip of episode eight real quick. Okay.
That. It's just that is just so profound. It okay. So there's that, so much to say about that. Like what even just happened? <laughs> He's like when I saw that for the first time. Th literally, I was I was with my dad and my brother, and like I leaned forward. I remember it. Like I I I leaned forward. My jaw was on the floor, and I I was just. It was in that moment. It was 2017 that that happened. And literally it was that moment where the seed of the project that I'm now working on came to me because I said to myself, I have to give something back to this man at this point. At this point, I'm stealing from him. Like, I'm I'm just taking. He wants I that, I need though. to give. He wants that, though. Yeah, but, like, it's not yeah. enough for me. Yeah. You know, like, I need, like, there needs to be some reciprocity for somebody. Like, the Lord has given unto this man to, like, just bless my life to such an unfathomable degree i mean after i watch his stuff i just feel powerful creatively he just galvanizes me i can't say enough about him and 
because David Lynch inspires, like he's the, the type of artist where you watch his work and he, and suddenly you become aware of this toolbox hmm. in your life. And it's just, you know, it's like, it's been sitting right here the whole time. All I need to do is pick it up. And be, because as we talk about like writer's block, as people call it, doesn't exist. I don't think so either. It, it's it, a myth. It doesn't exist. It's like, laziness. Allow me to like speak very trenchantly here. It's not real. I don't think so either. Writer's block is a product of creative laziness, and I've had writer's block before, and like I've been in it for a long time, and it wasn't until it's one thing to say I'm I'm in a slump, a creative slump right now. I'm not doing yeah. my, my best, but there's so much in the world that you can take from. That you can get inspired from history, for example. Pick any year, 1920 or 500 BC, and just Google it, and you'll see all these events that happened. 1920 just, seems to be speaking to you. This is like the second time like the, that you brought it up. The crash of the market and the roaring this is where you're 20s. going next. Yeah, you know, I don't okay. know. There's a lot of that, that just popped in my head. For no, you got to But there's it. so much stuff that happened in history. Just history alone. Then there's science too. But just just the subject of history, right? ancient history medieval ages uh middle ages the, the 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 stone age the bronze age just think about all these things that happened we were, we were talking about um joan of arc you can get you can look at joan of arc the life of joan of arc and then get get uh inspired and then make something from that like, yeah. there's so much you can do to get your brain going and to brainstorm and to think of ideas. My video, my, my new channel, Gnostic Informant, I've literally been putting out a video every single day. I can't, I have so many ideas that I don't even know what to do next. Yeah. It's not that I can't think of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to make a video about Alexander the Great. I want to make a video about Caesar. I want to make a video about the early Christians. I don't like, I, I have to pick one. Well, so, I want to see that video. I want to see the one about the early Christians. I have a couple already. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to I want to get in real big into that. I want to, I want to pick apart. Because we'll talk, I don't know, this is a little off topic, but a lot of people don't realize when Christianity was coming about, before the Bible was even written, there was different sects of Christians. There was Ebionites, who were the Jews. Then there was Marcionites, who were Greek Gnostics. And they clashed. They're like, the law, we don't like the law. We just want to follow Jesus. And the Ebionites were like, well, Jesus is the Messiah, but he's, you know, we got to follow the law of Moses. And boom, they clashed together. And there was, in between those two, there's about 500 sects in, in between. There's like literally hundreds and hundreds of sects of Christians from the, from, I, I want to say from 100 to 300 AD. Yeah. We talk about Christianity as though it was just this finished thing, you know, right. like it was just there the moment that, you know, right. Jesus like was crucified and then rose from and the then dead. The next day there's and, a Bible in a church. It's like, no, yeah, it didn't it, work. It was a process really. Yeah. And it, I mean, C.S. Lewis talks about that in his, in, in the book, mere Christianity. I would not be a Christian by the way, without C.S. Lewis. Thank God for him. But he talks about he's good. The good, good unfolding stuff. pattern like you know of gods and deities as like human beings understood them are all leading to christ and so far from being like oh well well the, you know the redemption story in christianity is like derivative and it's not derivative like everything is leading up to it it's miraculous hmm. so it like that 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 kind of thing is um it doesn't it doesn't get talked about enough and that's yeah. a, that's the type of thing that like can shake or affirm somebody's faith is coming to terms with like the early tempestuous history of christianity and because it, it is it's like a maelstrom it's it's just you're in like the storm it yeah. was a very much a storm it was violent it was you know it was i mean purges and battles it was violent physically as well as philosophically yeah 
But, you know, one should be prepared for a certain level of spiritual violence mm. if one is going to approach the living God. Uh, you know, I don't know why people think it should be some easy thing. Well, the Nothing name, the is name Israel, Jacob got renamed Israel. That name literally, literally with means to, to contend with God. That's yeah. what that word means. So if you're talking about that, Israel is like the the beginning of all the three yeah. Abrahamic religions. And it starts off with someone contending with God. Yeah. So what is that? Not letting if you're, go. If you're not questioning. I'm sorry. This is my own opinion. But me personally, if you're, if you're not questioning your pastor, or your priest, or your your Bible, if you at least like, I'm not saying you have to go against what it says and be a be a heretic or. But if like, it's not. It's natural. It's natural to contend and to question these things. Yes, one should know their faith, and in like in the Bible itself. Um, were commanded to be Bereans. And the Bereans at that time, this is a topic for you, buddy. I'm throwing this out to you. And then it's going to be your turn to like make a video about this. The Bereans yeah. were like the original skeptical inquirers. Like, the, you know, the hardcore doubters, yeah. you know, who just like tore apart everything. And the Bible, you know, doesn't command us to adhere to a blind faith. There's nothing blind about our faith. I once was blind, but now can see. That is one of the, like the epical verses in scripture. Mm. Like it does, it's not a mindless thing. It's a living thing. Yeah. And so one shit, like I assault my own belief system. You, I want to say something very personal right now. And he didn't know that I was going to do this, but like this guy is like literally one of the best friends that you could imagine having in this universe. Thanks, I man. underwent Thank you. a spiritual crisis to, to a matter of a couple months ago, a horrible one. I mean, I was really at a, like a, my, my first real crossroads where I had just become disgusted and burnt out and yeah, I felt hopeless at four in the morning. I reached out to him, you know, I was like, you know, Neil, I'm having you know some, some real trouble here. I mean, I was in tears. Like I was very depressed. I, I had just, it was the first time in my life where I had really experienced what it's like to truly not believe that there is a God listening like just for a few seconds, it was traumatizing for me. Um, by the way, you know, anybody watching this, you know, who isn't a believer, like, um, or, you know, like who's like committed to not believing. Um, it's, I don't know how you do it. Like, there, I, you know, what I noticed there's people who are really dogmatic about like, you know, like these Baptists, these hardcore Baptist Christians that are like, go around and they go, they go to people's funerals and with signs that say God hates oh, well, yeah. but you got on the other side you got people who are just as dogmatic for atheism yeah well like, like and that to me is like dude, atheism you, you is a religion you just flipped your belief to on yeah. its head and you're just like like for me just you you have to have a healthy balance of truth and like understanding of other people's worldviews that's a good quote truth and understanding yeah like well they go together it's like you know I can't say that i disbelieve something that i don't i have no understanding or grasp of which is why I, I tend to immerse myself in antithetical belief systems to my own it's because like it refi like you can't refine or sharpen something without like a pressure or an opposition coming against it i mean think of a blade it's like if you sharpen it with friction yeah right that and because the lord is the greatest creative genius it, like because he is creativity incarnate you just brought it back to the creative process. Yes. You were off topic. How do we always like, just do brought it back? I like that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Like, you see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was good. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's how we roll, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it caught me off guard. My bad. Um, no, that's fine. Um, but, like, yeah, because, like, 
what qualifies a person as a creative master is how economically they use like a limited amount of means to create essentially a world. So Beethoven, when you think about the Fifth Symphony, bum 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 bum, da da dum. Yeah, literally, that's four notes. Bum 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. And he creates out of those four notes, which has become uh, identified as the fate knocking at the door theme. Really? Yeah, those four notes are literally constitute a f half an hour long symphony. Probably the greatest symphony ever written by any composer yeah. ever. Like, that's like the benchmark. And it's just like Beethoven could take one meaningless cell of music and just spin it out of it, like entire universes. Like, Beethoven was like. The, the highest level the of age. Yeah. Yeah. I would say he's he's the goat. Magic is a good word. Entertainment. It like music, movies. There's a form of magic behind it. Oh, we absolutely. were talking even the editing that goes into it or just like Especially the editing. Especially the editing, yeah. That's where it happens. There's a there's a there is a level of magic. Like however you want to define magic, I don't know how you define it, but if you can alter reality in some way and and use the the world around you to create an illusion not just create an illusion but create some sort of like uh, uh not not deception but like some sort of like 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 impose your 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 mythos yeah. on people you know what i'm saying it now? is that there's the mythos the mythos like. so there's the mythos and there's the <laughs> logos the mythos is the story so if, so if i t if i take an adaption from a historical like the movie uh 19 what is it um the last movie that came out about World War 1917. That's a movie a about a true event, but it's a mythos because he took the movie and made something that didn't exactly happen, but he made a new story, a mythos from it. Mm -hmm. The logos is the message that you're trying to get across. You're trying to tell something. That's the logos. That's the savior. That's the, the mediator between you and the mythos is the story being told. That is what, that's the glue that holds everything together. So I'm like analyzing what you're saying right now, and that was like remarkably well said. <laughs> well, and, like that was like well, we, you, we were talking well about Christianity, and well even, even though I'm a big critic of Christianity, I have this deep You'll respect, deep soon. love for it. Don't and, worry about it. Well, here's the thing, because in, in the New Testament, Christ is the logos. Is it in the beginning was the logos? He sure it, says, is. it says in, in John and Greek, the word isn't word; the word is logos, and that's what that is. And you read Philo is a philosopher from the first century. He it breaks down what the logos, and he says the logos is the glue that's, that keeps everything in the universe together. And he's what he's talking about is there is truth, there is logic, there's reason, and those things are, that is what holds this world together. Without truth, without logic, without reason, without love, without wisdom, without all that stuff, what, what are we? Yeah, exactly. And, and like, we're not human anymore. Those are very, you know, people treat these terms now as though, you know, they're um, like, as, as, as though they're very malleable in terms of their definition. Like you can, love is whatever you want it to be. It's not whatever you want. It, like love is a meaningless word if it's whatever you want it to be. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, like, why is it such a, pro like, that's let what me I'm getting like, I love that you said that. So that's what the logo says. Yeah. And, and there is a, there is a truth. Uh -huh. There is a real, there is something like, it's not just how you feel. There is like there is a, a common denominator that tells us like um like one of the big one of the big arguments from theists is like well where do we get our uh sense of morals from we we don't just get it from from it has to come from somewhere right huh? and it's it it's, a, it's a good argument 
It's a good argument, but even in, from an atheist standpoint, there has to be some sort of like an atheist a progenitor. Why? Why, why, be why, like, why does an atheist go doesn't go around killing babies? They don't believe in God, so what do they care? Well, there's a, there's something holding them to their standards of morality. That's what that is. That's what I'm getting at. That's that logos. It's remarkably like universal from 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 nation to nation, no matter how disparate or no matter what time period either. And so that's you know right there, it, it hints that like we were created. This is with why, a capacity to understand and apprehend like a fixed morality, right? For and, God's sake, people. and this is why this is why I I'm harsh on dogmatic religious people who think, and I'm and you know this is just my personal opinion, people who actually think that their version of Islam or their version of Judaism or their version of Christianity is the only true way, and that everyone else is damned. It's like listen. There, at each of these worldviews, each of these religious views, each of these spiritual paths, all have something in common. There's that logos there. There's that the truth. There's that 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 longing for the righteousness. It's all that, whether you're a Taoist or a Christian, it's still there. So you can't tell somebody they're wrong because they worship uh, Zeus or they worship. Whatever. Oh, sure, you can. Hell, you can. Well, you <laughs> You're can. If you you can tell them that they're wrong. But if if what I'm getting at is like, it's that connection to the unknown is what you're. Is what oh, we're I getting. see what you're saying. All right, okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like think about it like okay. this. We're we're in a we're in a room with the lights turned off. It's completely dark in here, and we're we're all reaching for something. Like we don't know what it is. We can't see it. It doesn't show up in front of our faces. We have to go to a, an ancient text to find it. You can't prove your worldview is true. You can only say, well, it's working. For, my life's gotten better because of it. I saw myself transform because I gave my life to whatever, Allah, whatever it is. And that that right there, that testimony is real. No matter what, no matter what anyone tells you, it's, that's your testimony. It's true to you. Who can tell you that it's wrong? Well, there is a way that seems right to a man. <laughs> that way leads to destruction. <laughs> you and I, like, this is why I love you, Neil. This is why I love this guy so much is okay is because like he and i fundamentally disagree about certain key things oh, but yeah. like on the, but like neil's a seeker oh yeah like neil's like a seeker in the traditional historical sense of that word which is one of the rarest things and i do like i you know i don't want to have like a bro fest right now or anything <laughs> but i do love you i really love this guy like he's like picking up like um uh, and what i was saying like this guy in my worst spiritual crisis like without question just he was there he came over at like four in the morning he was like don't worry like we we're we're gonna get this taken care of here yeah. are all these books like about this it's okay oh, yeah. to ask we questions that. we did yeah. seriously like and it was at that point where like for the next month we were just like immersed you know within these types of questions and i i didn't i didn't feel alone. like god really used you in my life and then that's, on the heels of that, like I had quit smoking, I had quit, you know, I'm still in the process of like purging myself of a variety of things. And then on the heels of that, I met the girl I'm in love with right now, you know? That's so, awesome. so it just like the dot the, you know, the dominoes started falling like in the best way possible. So I, I wanted to take like this moment to like publicly thank you. Like this guy is, it's so hard to find somebody that you can trust in this world Thanks, as, man. as we all know. Right. I implicitly trust you. Like I love you. I really do. Like love thank you too. for being there. I thank God for you. I, I do. I too. know that there is a God in heaven that loves me because He sent you to my door, like when I needed you. Like that is the example of Christ. You know, like you were there. I accept that. So anyway, <laughs> like I just wanted to say that. Uh, 
for all of you. Um, bringing it full circle, like a wide, wide circle. Yeah, we right went deep now. for a second there. That's why I love having you on because we can go deep, bro. Like we go deep. I don't even know where the hell we go half the time, but who does? This is yeah. why I love David Lynch. So, like, the, here's the nature of the project. I saw episode eight. You know what? What we just saw, and now I've spent my life immersed in David Lynch's work. And David Lynch's work has taught me that there is no such thing as writer's block. There are universes in every single corner of anywhere that you are. Life is this grand operatic mystery. It's glorious. It's incredible. And it's like you can either choose to be a detective or you can choose to be, if not a victim, you know, like kind of like a willow in the wind, like, you know, bending in a, like there are virtues to both things, but being a detective is far more appealing. That's where artistry comes in. It's like, I need to find out more about the story behind this. There's a power here. There's a universe here. Like this panel of wood over here or this like door frame, like came from somewhere. You know, it started out as a tree. It was cut down. Like the, so the acts of violence were yes. done to it. It then underwent a processing element and then has been used to build up one structure. Isn't that amazing? It is the allegory amazing. of, of, of life. It's creation right there. It is like, seriously, what, like we start out one way. We're created, you know, a certain way. Like, a series of things happens to us events in our, our life. bodies like you said like the like the wood that makes up a, a building our bodies are literally material from the earth yes exactly People, like, like god uses like the same fixed elements to create like this grand cosmic symphony and it's just like what can you say about it you know except for to, to sit there like dumbstruck and i i, I just so as a christian I'm constantly seeing like allegories of the Christian life in everything. I mean, like to go from a tree to being cut down to being refined as a plank of wood to be used to build a house, something greater than yourself. It's like I see Christ in that all the time. Like he's kind of done that to me. By kind of, I mean completely. But David Lynch has been the Lord's instrument to speak to me. And I do, I get like emotional talking about him because like I can't he achieved all of um like his his visionary states by going very deep into transcendental meditation he calls it his quiet time he does it twice a day for like 18 minutes a day it revitalized his life he listens he goes inwards and he listens i'm not gonna you know that is its own topic neil's covered that on his own podcast um already so i won't go too much into that but like david lynch has a foundation called the david lynch foundation and it, yeah and it's it, it is it's amazing the work that they do is they spread these healing techniques of transcendental meditation of going quiet and just you know going it's inward yeah like they spread it to demographics that are really in need of help there so like tra like traumatized soldiers prisoners who are in violent lockups um kids you know who grow up impoverished um everybody can benefit from from these techniques and the statistics of what this does like how it just like these are hard cold numbers it, like in attica i think it was don't quote me on that but like david lynch's um meditative techniques when brought to these demographics wind up like profoundly statistically dropping levels of violence dropping levels of panic dropping levels of self-harm it's truly amazing work and so i was trying to figure out how do i touch this man like if I, if I can just touch him like a f 
a fraction. That's like what they say about uh, in, the, in the New Testament. They, oh, yeah. And the ladies, which ones had touched his his uh, robe. His robe. And she saved immediately. Well, he's not Christ, but yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I you just know, thought the allegories abound everywhere. Yeah, like, just wanna, but no, just want to get a piece of them somehow. There is a parallel, yeah. Yeah, That's such a, a weird story, too. It, it is it, a weird it, story. Like, a weird event, like, because Jesus felt power go out of him. I'm just like, like, that's, that's incredible. Anyway, like, to prevent myself from going down that lane, because it's really tempting right now, um, he, like, I just wanted to touch his heart, you know? It, because he's, his work just constantly, over and over again, revitalizes my own life. And I just said to myself, if I can touch this guy, like, even a fraction, as much as he touches me, like, I'll have accomplished my mission. And the surest way to do that was to do something to benefit the foundation. Because that's where David Lynch's heart lies, is in the David Lynch Foundation. And so over the course of the next four years, I battled my way. I, like, I did. I bullied my way into their their orbit i incessantly called them i i barraged i assaulted these people with emails i called in every favor like because what's the worst thing that can happen right like the worst thing that can happen no. is you get no and i was told no i was told no by the foundation wow. and so you know what i did kept going i'm really great friends um with with one of the actors that was on uh tw tw oh, twin wow. peaks like like he's become a very close friend of mine um i'll keep that private for now but like i reached out to him and i said you know what like i've been trying to do this and I like you did such an amazing job on the series. Like, would you mind like reaching out to David for me and, and telling him that I want to do something to benefit his foundation? And he did. Wow. He re and so David Lynch emailed me. Wow. And because I just I described the project. I was like, you know what? I, I told him everything that I'm saying now. And I was like, I just want to do something. I was thinking maybe I could write a symphony to like benefit, you know, your your organization or like get artists that I work with. So Goo Goo Dolls. Um, uh, you, you, like j all the work I've gotten from like working with the guys, cardiacs, cardiacs, yeah. like you know, look, yeah, and Tim Smith, who's the genius of that band, God rest his soul. Um, by the way, hello in England to all of my pondies. I love each and every one of you. Okay, I'm are you, now. Are you guys all collaborating? Some something going on with all these? So yeah, so so here's. <laughs> it's, I gotta know this. It's really amazing. Like, it is. I mean, like I now know the definite. Like I know what it means. Like in Lord's Prayer, like. No, not the Lord's Prayer, but um, I know what my cup runneth over means now. Like, my cup is, like, like run a thing over, like, in several different fronts, finally. And David emailed me back. I fainted when I got that email, by the way. I can see like, that. Because I could hear it in his voice, that glorious, like, it's so wonderful that you want to do this thing. Like and he, it's just, like, the most unlike. This is, like, the greatest creative genius ever in history as far as i'm concerned yeah. all right i like there's like there's david lynch and then there's the rest of us and um and to get that response he was just like i believe you have the talent and the energy to do this not now i'm crying like i'm sitting there i'm just like i can't see i'm just wiping my eyes off and he overrode the original like no we don't really do that kind of thing he was like you're doing this wow um i just think it's because i had presented like I had presented, to be fair, I had presented the David Lynch Foundation like at the time with a very like kind of amorphous. There's that word again. That's like the word of the night, amorphous. Um, the, the this amorphous kind of concept. It really wasn't like ironclad at that point. I was just brainstorming. So I do understand why they're just like you know. I don't really know that we do this kind of thing, but thank you. Like they were awesome about it. Yeah. But he, it 
finally I got serious when I was like, I'm going to be talking to the man himself right now. And, and so I just, I was like, I'd like to write a symphony. I'd like to organize some kind of like a fundraising event, like downloadable content, a live performance, whatever, like we can work it out. But like, I want everything to benefit this foundation and the work that you're doing a, because I believe in it and B because you have touched my life to such an unfathomable degree that I can't process not doing this on your behalf. Wow. And I, and it worked and now next so we're looking at um the following summer um we're going to be doing uh a performance of a symphony that i wrote with my co-composer and genius violinist tim fain maestro tim fain hello <laughs> i just he's like maestro tim yo he's incredible like oh he he's a soloist uh uh violinist on 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 uh, the soundtrack for black swan what? Yeah, that is impressive. I know. Oh my god, that he's so impressive. great. He's and the, he he also like because that's that's a lot of violin in that movie. Well, yeah, he <laughs> like that's impressive. Yeah, right Tim is just like he's one of these geniuses. You know, it's just like Tim is like he's immortal now from that. Yeah. Well, he also did when you do when you make when you make art like that. Like I, I I have this belief about artists. They become immortalized in other people that read them, listen to them, watch them because that's it. Like you you have just set in stone your creation in the world that's never going anywhere i love that think about that that's i really love what you just real. said actually that's like really nice that kind of really blessed me right now like that because that's what it is there is the sense that you know like the there's no other animal on the planet species whatever you want to call it that is creative like we are i think that's what it means to be created in god's image i don't believe that, that like yeah i agree I, with like that. Uh, i the fact that we can create things yeah i don't think that it's like an anthropomorphic and i don't mean i don't issue. mean like a beaver can make a dam i'm talking about like <laughs> things that can change the way people feel <laughs> like, i'm sorry that only humans can do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love you man <laughs> a beaver making it but i you know I, yeah. something that you said that's that good. i want to touch on okay because you know how i am gnostic-y like, yeah, I, I like to but look I love at, that about you. I love, like, I <laughs> yeah. love this. I love looking at all these different worldviews and trying to trying to find a common denominator in them. When you and you were talking about how the tree the tree gets brought down and gets turned into a house, and you see Christ in that. Yes. Well, there's other people who might see the Tao in that, mm -hmm. and it's like, are they wrong for saying that? I say no. Now, as a Christian, you're probably going to say, "Of course, they're wrong." But that's 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 fine. You, you're supposed to believe that's your that's that is your faith. Like you have to stick by it, and you have to be that. You know what I'm saying? That's what uh, yeah. makes someone a Christian. I respect that. I fought hard I just, for my faith. I you just, know that I have. And, uh, yeah, you were there I, with I, me. I respect that. Even Islam, whatever it is, I just wish that people would not hate others due to their worldview and due to the, what they believe in yeah. i wish people would come together and say listen we, i disagree with you uh, in my personal opinion I, I think you should get saved whatever the, whatever you want to say yeah but it's like okay but i i like i i'm glad that you uh, we both agree that there's something greater than ourselves mm -hmm. yeah to, if, if more people thought that way there'd be less wars there'd be less like it's very deception you're right it's very difficult to um it's very difficult to f find the grounds of connection with anybody and it starts really with like you know finding the broadest possible commonality i think which is you know we believe that there's something there and we're both looking yeah and automatically you go from you know like the, an enmity between you and you know another right. individual and you you become like joint seekers yes and i found in my own life because i'm extreme anybody really knows me that. yeah oh well, it's a, yeah i mean like like at that point you know 
there's a little bit of a entanglement going on. Yeah. Particle entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> and we both know how I feel about that. Quantum entanglement. But yeah, hell yeah. There's nothing like being untangled or entangled, like, yes. with somebody. Like, it's... When, you know, when I found out about quantum entanglement, I was like, that just changed my whole entire <laughs> yeah, view. Yeah, it's like, that I'll two, never unsee this. Two different atoms, <clears throat> a proton and a proton, can be entangled at two separate parts of the universe. Distant ones, and like, too. And one of them goes like this, the other one can go like this at the same exact time, and they can do this. They're like, literally... They're engaged in a cosmic engaged dance. In a, yes. Like a cosmic wall. That, like, that, that just made my me. brain go... Yeah, it's just like you what? can feel... There are moments... Exactly. There are moments in like life, and they're the most magical moments. The whole universe is connected. Yeah, exactly. There's a super symmetry to everything, and it like, you know, from like the micro to the macro, things tend to operate in the same way yes. with the same patterns. That's why fractals are so magical. And It's like the Mandelbro set. You know what the Mandelbro set is? When you zoom out, <laughs> when you zoom yeah, out or in, whichever way you go, it almost seems like you're starting back in square one again. And it's like the depth of the depth of what you see when you're in. It's like um, what Einstein talked about relativity. You, when you're relative to your surroundings, like we feel like we fit in this room perfectly. But like as you go out farther and farther out, I'm showing it right now as I'm speaking. All of a sudden, this whole entire area is just a little blip, and it's all just one. We're all just one little piece of soup, like one little tiny crumb of a piece of bread, and it's all we're just all in it. But, but inside of it, we're all separate. But when you go out, it's all you're just one thing. Yeah, it's like both at the yeah. same time. Like it's like you are not separate <laughs> from anything else in the world. You're you're connected with it, but you can operate within it on a as like separate entities human beings have a lot of trouble with simultaneities you know like things that, you know for us because we're just so hopelessly finite yeah uh i either exist in one state or the other you know like existing in both states at once is is or thinking about dimensions and you go wait, wait like the like the flatlands concept oh god the flat like, yeah. just like these these concepts i can't they're so profound. Yeah, they're so like they're they're expansive to a point. Where, so he so flatlands, you know, is he and I touched about uh, touched on this uh, in in a previous podcast, and it's a political allegory. It's a novel that was written, you know, long, long, long time ago. Yeah. And it, uh, but essentially, it uses like two dimensional shapes, and their like universe and their society moving around, like, and they're interrupted by a three dimensional sphere that like descends yeah. into, and it's like the response to that sphere, <laughs> like, becomes the political allegory. And it's really like violent and horrible. And can and you imagine like, what the humanity would do if a four? What are we? We're three dimensions. We're four, right? Three. Uh, I yeah, we're three dimensions. Yeah, we're, we're depth. We're depth. But we can only height, perceive weight. like I think we're four dimensions, but we can only perceive three or three dimensions. Four dimensions might be time or something like that. Like I'm yeah, not a scientist. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, fifth dimension comes into our dimension. What if we are able to see that? What would it look like? First we have of to all? limit it. You can't even. You can't, it's out of our brain to even think about what it looks like. Yeah, we don't have the capacity. We to, don't have the capacity to, to, yeah. to comprehend that. And, and just imagine how crazy everything would, how how insane everyone would go if all of a sudden, boom, it just popped up in front of us. So it's like it would change the world. Yeah, it would. It's but you know, people like I think that we're all maybe a bit more. But we um, know it's real. We, we know do. it's real, it, but we don't accept it. It's like we haven't seen it yet, so it's like well, nah. it's because these things like say such strange and alien things about the universe, and yet they're the most reliable theories that we have. Quantum theory, in particular, you know, it says the most bizarre things that two particles, for no reason that we can understand, 
should be engaged in literally a cosmic dance, like mirroring each other. God help me, I understand that now. Right. Being in love is like that. Like, you know, for, that's what it is. Like, that's it really entanglement. is. Like, so my girlfriend is like away and, right now. And I, like, I swear, because like I, I did, like, I don't really care what anybody else thinks about this. Like, but everybody's been really kind of great about it. Like, it was an instant, <clears throat> sorry, it was an instant thing. Like, like the moment I, I, I encountered her, it was it, everything they say about it is true. Like everything kind of faded into slow-mo into the periphery and you know i locked in she had like a pink dress on it was it, like my jaw hit the floor i tripped it's out, like of my a scene car. out of my movie. it was it was like you know every scene that you've seen in like classic 50s cinema you know happened <laughs> like all of it is real but you know what i was i was gonna say about the quantum entanglement what you're talking about right now yeah is when you have when someone you're like entangled in love with somebody whether it's a, a a mother and a son or a wife and a husband they say that, and I don't know how true this is. I can't not, don't quote me on this, but they say that when p people are in far distances, let's say, let's say a loved one goes to war. He's a, he's a soldier, goes to war. Something bad happens. They said the loved one can feel, can all of a sudden feel the dread from the other side of the world. Oh, I believe that 100%. That no. is crazy. Yes, absolutely, 1,000%, I, I believe. I used to be so skeptical about that. I think it came from a place you of hear, like, You hear mothers being like, oh, when my son died, I felt I knew it. it. I knew it. I knew it before yeah. they even called. And you're like, eh, is she telling the truth? But you hear it a lot, yes. though. No, the, I believe it. Yeah, well, well, a, a thousand percent. I mean, like, you know, there, there, there are ripples that two people exclusively are attuned to. Yeah. So, like, I like to think about it in but terms of, like... on that same wavelength. Amanda and I are, like, literally on our own private... You have your own frequency. Shortwave frequency, yeah. yes, exactly. It's like, it's like a yes, uh, walkie-talkie. You get your set of walkie-talkies. You have four of them. It comes in the package, right? Yes. You can set two of them on one frequency, the other two on another frequency. And the frequencies are, like, hyper-specific numbers. Yeah, you have it's to like have it exactly right. Three decimal places. You yeah, know, like, it's, if it's off a little bit, that's the end of the relationship and it does like that's what it's like and that's it's very where, so yeah. as a creator it's an allegory like it, it is an allegory. <laughs> yeah see this is why so as a creator now I, okay now i want to speak directly to every the zoom artist, effect. every creator the zoom out there effect. yeah like come, bring it in <laughs> sorry oh god um but in in total seriousness right now um i have two primary things that like i want to say directly to all of you there is an idea, a poisonous, fraudulent idea out there that one must wait until they feel secure or comfortable to then pursue what they know they've been essentially destined to pursue. I must, forgive my language, but there's only one way to, like, like that is a crock of bullshit. <laughs> it is like, you. it's the other way around, okay? It's the other way around. We take actions in order to put ourselves in, ooh, sorry, in order to put ourselves into a proximity whereby such good feelings are likely to happen to you. But you take action to get there. It's just kind of like if you're starving, one eats food in order to activate one's appetite. We don't always have to wait for our active, uh, you know, for our appetite to be activated like it's a lot of these things are the other way around and so i'm saying that because so many people use this as an excuse to like indulge themselves in a type of cowardice that has been inculcated into us by like this joke of a society i mean like and it is a joke or i'm being very generous by calling this a society it's more like a cesspool but don't get me started on that and it 
it does like within all of us it creates you know the set of meaningless um strictures that like enclose around us and limit us you know from taking risks okay here's the risk in my own life and by the way like i wasn't this wasn't like born into me i had to fight to realize this i had to undergo like my own lashing under my own whip and uh, and and put myself under the whips of a thousand other you things carry your cross yes exactly there's another allegory right there and it is it's a cross to bear like you can be burdened by you know certain kinds of blessings because they require so much of you to whom much is given much shall be required and i just knew like i didn't have wishes when i was a kid oh you know someday i dream about doing this like i had operative goals when i do this well it didn't even occur to me that i wouldn't you know and now i was very blessed because i had like a very like nobody ever really questioned these things with me because i started very young you know being a composer being a pianist doing all, all the types of things that i'm doing now but the thing i want to say to everybody else out there right now is if you know that you have a vision or even if you don't have the vision within your like framework right now but you know that there's one out there like kind of hidden that and you just have to go through the mist right now when you're hearing this like go do it all right to hell with anybody else that says otherwise that's okay they have the luxury of living in the type of like relative false safety that and uh you know the smart uh pragmatic living that you know you can almost hear them patting themselves in the back for to hell with them okay you go do it and you do it right now because let me tell you what the real risk that you're running is the real risk is running uh is running up against this waking up the rest of your life knowing that you could have done something okay it i can't imagine a worse type of a, of oppressive slowly acidic horror than waking up every morning knowing i could have done this but i didn't pull the trigger shoot wild shoot from the hip but just by god pull the freaking trigger okay do it you're never ever going to regret it i swear to you right now you will never ever regret taking the shot yeah ever i totally do agree. it now the time is now okay because there is a time and a place for these types of things there are moving windows of opportunity yeah it's like yeah, the game frogger you know like all oh, these cars are coming by threatening to run you over and uh there's like a fly that's kind of comes by the screen and you gotta like negotiate the cars and everything but you gotta eat that fly so be a frog about it i don't know where that came no from. that's good and you know what and then <laughs> speaking on that same allegory of the frog right so you're gonna hear a lot of people tell you might be a parent or parents like no that's not a good route to go just go to school or get a job that you're never gonna make it as a musician i'm just you're throwing that example or you're never gonna make, you're never gonna be a director in hollywood it's not gonna happen <laughs> that is not true it's not true. and here's what he but here you gotta be realistic about it you gotta start from square one what is the first thing i gotta do to be, let's say you want to be a musician. Well, first of all, you got to learn how to play the piano or play the guitar. You're not just going to jump in a band, but you have to do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Start from square one and then hit your goals one by one until you get there. Yes. And exactly. then you might not be that director that you wanted to be, but you might get a job as a, a company that directs movies and it might be your dream job. We are living you in like. You shoot for the moon and you might land. So, let's say you shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon. Yes. Like you got to shoot high. That. Okay. That's and really you nice. You might land somewhere underneath, but it might be the spot you're destined to go. That's I'm, what I'm trying to say. So I'm like, that was like 
unexpectedly beautiful. <laughs> I like the way he said that. We always like, do this shit. Dude. Yeah, no, but seriously, like that. That. But it's that true. Was, I love that you kind of reversed because, like, I. I was never comfortable with like shooting for the moon and landing among the stars. It's like, oh, the, the, the we've landed on the moon. Yes. Like we haven't yet gone to the stars. Right. Like the, I'm not interested in places we've been. I'm interested in like finding places that we haven't yet gone and just bullying my way into it because right. there is a savagery to creativity. Yes. There is a ruthlessness. You need to be, you know, there David Lynch said it himself, like in his glorious autobiography called Room to Dream. Which, like, go out and get the freaking book. Just yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're welcome. And uh, it, it's, he said, um, he said a lot of things in this book. Like, I've read it like eight times, like cover to cover. But one of the things that he did say was that um, you got to be kind of selfish in certain ways as an artist. It's just like, you know, how it yeah. is. Like, you just, like, one cannot, like, not just refine, but master a craft without, like, a dogged, single minded pursuing of that one thing like neil you were talking about how you make you know your videos for instance that you'll go and i understood it yeah. i felt it so hard like neil t you, like say what you had said over there like before we started this about like, like about how like you work for 18 hour stretches on this stuff oh yeah as soon as i get an idea and as soon as i start my next video and i get the process going so what i do is i'll first i'll record my audio and as soon as i finish recording my audio and i get it on the computer I don't stop working. I, I'm not kidding. I will sit there for you eight, can't. I will sit it's, there for 18 fucking hours until it's done. It possesses you. I can't take a break from it. Yeah, it won't let you. And it, it, like, yeah, and weird. it is like a relationship. And I'm not kidding. As soon as I upload the video, then I go to sleep. Yeah, it's like that. 18 you, hours has just gone by. Then your body is permitted. And to then rest. I'm like, okay, now I can it's, sleep. Then I wake up and I'm like, oh, how many views did I get? Oh, cool, I got 60 views. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like it's the way it it's is. Not really is. This yeah, is exactly how it is. Like you create something and then like you watch the responses. Yeah, like there's, I I was just telling like I keep referring to my girlfriend and the reason I'm doing that though is just because like we composers we need a great love in our life like we really do like Rachmaninoff talks about this talk uh, like perfectly he just talks about like the oh you know having this muse there it is a constant source of like fire uh but when you're writing for her you've got to like shut the door and get away because she'll distract you like because <laughs> and it's true but I, I you know but it permeates my life and I was just talking to um about this like with her a little bit, you know, because I, I tend to find myself working out um, difficult concepts like to her, to people that are safe. The very few people in my life that I consider to be absolute safe zones, of which you are part of that pantheon, my friend. Nice, nice. But uh, God help you. <laughs> <laughs> but like she, she, um, like I had alluded, you know, to the fact that like it is a form of it, like, like I'm driven out of bed by this thing that's when it comes all the time it's like you're you know you're on the like the, the you're in the borderlands between sleep and wakefulness and that's when all of a sudden like you start getting shouted at by the muse and it's just like you can't roll over and go to bed like there's a desperation like you've got to get that idea down because like like a dream it will fade there is a clock ticking on these ideas you know yeah and it, it it's it's scary and, like, and, but here's the here's the payoff that you're gonna get just from doing art in the first place even if you, even if you're only your family sees it, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you ten people see what you made, your 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 art piece or your song that you made, that is going to be there forever, and yeah. you are now eternally 
engraved in whatever space of art you're in. Yes, you've made it's an It's always going to be there. You've you, imprinted yourself. Your great, 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 great times 100 grandson, granddaughter will see that one day. Mm-hmm. And they will, they will bring you back to life by listening to that or watching that. By just for that five minutes it took for them to watch your, listen to your song that you made. You are brought back to life in this world because of that. So, so I, when you do art, you immortalize yourself. Even if you're not, even if you don't get famous, everything that you're saying. Well, most great artists aren't aren't famous in their lifetimes. It takes the world several yeah. decades to catch up with That's them. That's very true. You know, a lot of, a lot of like, great writers were just nobodies, and then decades later, somebody found their book and was like, "Well, this is really good." Yeah, like it's going to take us. Uh, like there are very few artists, you know, were were appreciated in their lifetime the way that we are. The, the, the way that we see them now. So Beethoven was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Beethoven was one of the people like where everybody kind of knew, okay, we are walking like in the presence of an actual giant. Or and Mozart. Mozart. So yeah, Mozart, though, it was a little different. Like Mozart was successful in his lifetime. Yeah, but, like yeah. he wasn't held as like, you know, the pinnacle of like perfection the way that he is now. He was buried in a mass grave, by the way. So that part of the movie Amadeus is true. A fabulous movie. Uh, I do want to say uh, that what you have just said, though, about imprinting yourself, you know, uh, kind of I was here, like that is... And you sort of alter the, the logos of the world by giving... You, yeah, if you your ideas hit hit hard with somebody and they identify, the, you have literally changed the world in a little bit of a way. Yeah. Just, a, just a little degree. Well, but, who measures, you know, like impact and import? I mean, like literally, like we're all walking universes. Mm-hmm. each one of us is a walking universe yeah that's exactly what we are and uh it, you know so and you never know what that person's going to do with it yeah you know like yeah and then you inspire somebody else that's who builds really on your idea like this microphone one back in the day it was a different with well, a first set of whatever the first audio recorder was that idea got taken and someone modified it the made, it, made it a little bit better yeah. and then eventually we have this mm-hmm. it all came from one person's idea that is how the world works. That's how creation works. Yeah, exactly. Somebody picks up, you know, where you left off. Yeah, you literally are a tool of creation. Because, like, uh, so I'm so happy that you said this. Because the, a big part of what we perceive to be writer's block comes from the that mistaken... The title of this, Tool of Creation. Oh, see, well, yeah. you're, you're getting good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, I cut you off. No, that's fine. Like, you know how we roll. Yeah. Um, the, the, the way that... I believed in writer's block and went through what I mistook for it when I mistakenly believed that we ever create anything because we actually don't at best. We are glorified remixers. Yes. Okay. So we take yes. things that already exist. There's nothing because new under God the sun. himself is the only true creator. Like to, because creation, the act of creation, it, the, the definition of it is like essentially conjuring something out of nothing. Right. And and so we take what is already around us and reconstitute yes. it. We reframe it. Oh, like that color would look really nice in this frame that's going to go around this particular thing that I want you to focus on. It brings people into a perspective right. that will only ever be achieved by a specific person. That is one of the great functions of art. Yes. And it's like it's like a hip hop producer takes a, a rock song that they like yes, and they slow exactly. it down a little bit and they Kanye add a baseline a they add a baseline this. to it and they add a verse over it uh-huh. and all of a sudden you got a rap hit rap song but really what you did was you took a bunch of things that you like put it all together mm-hmm. and that is what we're talking about exactly it's all about being inspired by someone else and like I, you know i my fate one of my favorite books in the bible is Ecclesiastes. 
and it talks about nothing, new, nothing under new under the sun. There's a time for everything. Yeah. All is vanity. All is vanity. All vanity, dude, vanity. That is, is all such is vanity. a deep. That's one of the deep philosophical that's a books. Heavy book. Yeah. That like that one is difficult to get through because it's yeah. just like you want to know how the universe it's works. It's a little bit God. darker than it's most. Very dark. Yeah. It went from Proverbs to Ecclesiastes, yeah. and uh, the juxtaposition of those two books is like essentially what happens to a man when they have departed from the ways of God. Yeah. Ecclesiastes is they the call aftermath. those the wisdom books. Yes. Of the Old Testament. So yeah. Ecclesiastes is essentially the aftermath of departing from you know very clear commandments. You know, yeah. whereas Proverbs is like being smack dab in the middle it's of living God's inspirational law, right. presence. Yeah. And just being where God wants you, you know, yeah. to, 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 to be. But yes, there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. But far from being a tragic thing, that is so liberating. And even like we were talking about, even the, the matter that makes up our body was once grass on the yeah. ground. Exactly. And then some cow ate it. That cow dies and gets butchered. Someone eats the eats the meat. That person has a baby, and then boom, we have a kid. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like that. Obviously, that's way simplified, but but it's like not that, really not not, not that, in concept. But that concept is what I'm getting at: yeah. is that there's nothing new under this sun. Everything is created from something else. Think about how wonderful that is, too. I mean, like how that frees Energy. you up. Igor Stravinsky, who wrote the Rite of Spring, and um, the Rite of Spring. So, for those of you who have seen Fantasia. Disney's Fantasia, it's the music that accompanies the dinosaurs. But, you know, like the scary, savage-sounding piece. That piece is called um, The Rite of Spring. It caused an actual riot when it was premiered in 1913. It still sounds like a, a punch in the mouth. I mean, it's so alien and weird, and it came out of nowhere. But, like, so the guy that wrote that said this. Good composers borrow, great composers steal. <laughs> Which is just like, I heard that and it made everything okay. Because I knew what he was saying. Well, it's just it's like, so true. Because yeah. when I, even like my, my, new, my new channel, Gnostic Informant, go check it out. Um, <laughs> nice. when, I, when I make backgrounds, I was showing you my backgrounds that I make. I don't make those from scratch. I take another background from somewhere, download it. And then I literally remix it so much that it becomes my own. Yes, exactly. Like that, I do, so a, I don't, I don't steal. It. I do a lot of work to it. That, but is, I take it from somewhere else. And eventually, it like it breaks into being a new thing. Yeah, and, and that's, that that's is really creativity yeah. distilled. Yeah. Okay, you alter something until it's alchemy, dude. Yes, it is alchemy. It is alchemy. It is alchemy. <laughs> like literally, like the, you're conjuring that. gold from alchemy. raw ore. Yeah. And that, which is like what alchemy, you know, was actually like the. That term, we kind of throw it around a lot. Neil, you know far more about this than I do. But, like, but yeah, essentially, it's, it's refining gold from like a from raw mercury. Ore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From trying to use mercury and other metals to make gold. And the, 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 true, the true wisdom behind the concept of alchemy is like a master alchemist will tell his student that your job is to make gold from other metals. But really, what he's doing is he's showing them that you, even though you can't make gold, you can make. Like, like the, the concept behind it is like you learn the ways of the world from understanding how, how, um, elements work. Yes. So when you learn these elements, all of a sudden you learn how the world is created. Mm -hmm. So you learn about creation itself just from being an alchemist, even though you never reach your goal. Yeah. It's like what we're talking about. We're shooting for the stars and hitting the moon. That's alchemy. Yeah. But you're still like in the cosmos. You you're know? in the like, cosmos. Right. So yeah, like you're, you're, you're in, you know, you're past the first heaven. Right. Yeah. Cause like there are like what, seven levels of it like, yes. or something seven like that. Levels, yeah. Um, so that's why I love as a composer, like I've been so blessed uh, it, and I have to take a moment here and I, and, um, thank the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. Because the Goo Goo Dolls, like every to, like to be 
what I do as a composer essentially is like, and I had no idea I was going to go over in this direction. I was a concert pianist. That was like my thing, you know, uh, but I started, uh, I, I did a couple sessions at the, the studio owned and operated by the Goo Goo Dolls, GCR Audio. It's in Buffalo. It's yeah. The, it's the best studio in the world. Nickel City. Yeah, Nickel City, baby. Uh, <laughs> you're getting good with the drops. Um, <laughs> seriously, like, he, um, I, <laughs> I just had a drop real quick. I just clicked a random one. It was so stupid. I heard it. I was like, what the hell was that? That was so dumb. I thought it was let's like, see this, let's see what this one does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. My bad. <laughs> I um <laughs> sorry. I don't even know. <laughs> like my fever's breaking. We're getting like crazy over here. Yeah. Uh like the I recorded a session um at their studio that they own and operate in Buffalo, GCR Audio. And it was in 2012 and Robbie Takak, who's just become literally like one of he's family to me. I mean, he's just one of the salt of the earth. Like I can't tell you how great Johnny and Robbie are as as, as people. Everything you've heard about them is true. Like that's how they are. And, and you're the third guru, though. I well, that's I don't a, know about the third. I've heard that nickname thrown around at you before. I I didn't say it, but that's an honor. <laughs> that's an honor. Like, yeah. um, but, but like he he heard what I did in the session for this other band, um, called the Reign of Kindo, which is like you want to talk about fabulous artists. Go out and check the band, the Reign, like the Rule, the Reign of Kindo. Um, oh God, consummate musicians. Anyway, I was doing a session with them. Uh, the band had been selected personally by Nobuo Umatsu, who composed um, all the music for Final Fantasy. Ooh, that's and he great. selected Reign of Kindo for to to do the Final Fantasy VII main theme. That's awesome! At, like at, for a 25th anniversary celebration of the music of Final Fantasy, uh, what a dope re released thing, dude. on Sony Square Enix. What a dope thing. So they asked me to write strings for this. Right. And now, like every other little boy and girl at, at the time, um, I used to like put my controller down and just listen to the music of this. Oh, yeah. It's like Skyrim series. music. Yes, it is. It's I incredible. I love Skyrim music. Yeah. And so for me, like my mind is Jeremy exploding. Soul is Skyrim. Jeremy Soul is Skyrim. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Amazing. He's, he, yeah, he's oh. like you started on that dude. Like, yeah. He's. <laughs> yeah. My bad. FML. No, no, no. Not your bad. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. It's just like. I have too much to say about him. Yeah. So I can't even, I can't, but he's up there with like the Hans Zimmers of the world. Yeah. He's, he, he, he's in the pantheon of greatness. Yes. Um, but like, so we recorded the strings to our version of like the final fantasy seven main theme that was commissioned by the composer of the theme himself. That's gotta be so fun to do. It was, and so we did it at the Goo Goo Dolls studio. We did it in like two hours. Like <laughs> I came in, I was like a, a hot mess, you know, but like we nailed it. <laughs> um, I brought in uh, the fabulous Gretchen and Kirsten Fisher, two sisters. Um, oh, I know Kirsten Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Claire, Gretchen, Claire, Claire's sister. Gretchen, Kirsten, and Claire uh, are like, phenomenal. I work with them all Dude, the time. They Claire, play all the Goo Goo Dolls scores. Claire Fisher She's a was a brilliant musician at like seven I, years yeah. old. They all are. Like, it, I, it's I remember a, it's lightning hitting the I, same I place three up, times. I, went to, I was in kindergarten with her, and she's, I remember her in like third grade crushing it. Oh yeah, she's and being like, "What?" All three of them are freaks of nature. I love all three yeah. of you, by the way. I love you, ladies. Thank you so like y'all. Oh, seriously, like absolute consummate artists, the three of them, and it's like lightning hitting the same place three times. Like that, three sisters should be. Yeah, that you can't gifted. find people that so that, like, that talented. That yeah, and then Katie Wiseman is like you know the cellist I work with all the time. Like I've been so blessed to work with like literally like world-class musicians. That's my core. 
uh, quartet. They've played all the Goo Goo Dolls scores and stuff that I've, I've worked on. But like the way that this happened with Goo Goo Dolls was um, we, we did this thing for Nobuo Uematsu, the Final Fantasy thing. And he actually wrote it. So it was released in Japan. Uh, it was on an album called Cafe SQ. You can still find that. Like, it's sold out. It's first pressing. It's Nobuo Umatsu wrote back and said, it is so special to my heart. I'm like, I'm, I was like super emotional. I'm like, now, it, like, I mean, how do you wrap your head around no, that? And crazy. then a couple days later, I went to the studio just to pick up, you know, a copy of what we had done. And there is Robbie Takak, who heard what we had done and literally uh, like this changed my life he said i've never heard anything like this uh before wow. you know we've worked with everybody and you think differently and it was like finally here he's right about that you do think differently <laughs> for better and, and for worse There's, that's like an own, its own category richie's thought process yeah it's a <laughs> hell of a category like yeah, you might not want to yeah, do it yourself lightly. you might want to just watch him a distance yeah so you might get irradiated <laughs> yeah it's like beating in the fight <laughs> <laughs> there really you are good, dude. <laughs> dude this has been amazing so far yeah like robbie heard it and he said i've never heard anything like this you know we've and then he said and this changed my life god you know like wow, like he was that? the hand like, he said this he said we've worked with everybody that there and he went and i've never heard anything like this like wow and i look people you know i'm done apologizing for saying what i'm about to say because people will try and make you apologize for this and i'm here to tell you like don't give in okay i knew i had a vision i worked hard at it nobody handed me a thing like my mom literally gave her rare blood type every week to fund my piano lessons so you know give blood play hockey like no 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 my mom gave her blood so i could play piano wow. and so i <clears throat> i'm prefacing what i'm about to say with this stuff because like it is still a little hard honestly for, for for me to say what i'm about to say but like i always knew deep down inside that what robbie had said to me in that moment was true i just needed somebody who actually had who who knew what he was talking about who somebody who's been yeah who's been there yeah like to confirm it to like turn his key and then he said the words that literally changed the entire trajectory of my life <laughs> he said this to me he said you know if you stay here if you stick around in with a studio we could really build something here we could make this into a world-class operation and my life just veered instantly at like the hardest of rights that you you <sighs> could think of and so ever since then so i've been like in the first goo goo dolls track i worked on i didn't have permission to do that it was a song called happiest of days that like i had challenged robbie to write a ballad and uh he was just kind of like shut up <laughs> and you know because he's like the rocker and he's so great at it and and I was like, Robbie, but you're such a great melodist, you know, like, you, like John Resnick. Is, is that the video with you two both when you're doing yes, the piano? Oh, yes, it's that, so good. Dude. Yeah. So that, that was, was a version. So good. Thank you. Yeah. That like, was amazing. That should be on the radio. Well, like, well, I mean, like that came out. Uh, so like that song, I, that was a version that he and I did. Like, he wrote that too? Yeah. He wrote That's that song. So good. He wrote that song uh, so in 2013 and it was on an album called Magnetic. This was their 10th album. And what, <laughs> so Robbie was away. They, the, the, the guys were recording in, in New York City at the time, and I grabbed um, the engineer that I work with. He's like, you know, my, my other half creatively. Um, there's Tim Fain, and then there's Justin Rose, who's like the chief engineer of the, the Goo Goo Doll studio. He's a genius. Hi, Justin. I love you. And he, I, I grabbed him. I was just like, listen like he's out of town let's just do a session like what's the worst thing that like i'm gonna put strings on this guy's song right now without his permission without asking him i'm not gonna ask 
I'm not waiting around for like the red tape and everything. I was like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? The worst thing that's going to happen is like this guy, Robbie, that I love so much has like, has a really bitchin' alternate version of his song with strings on it, you know? And so he came back and he heard it and he took it to New York City and the producer uh, who was working with Goo Goo Dolls, Greg Wattenberg, another beast, you know, um, he was like, you know, I've never heard anything like this flawlessly intonated. That, by the way, all the credit goes to the ladies that I work with on, the, on performing what I wrote to the hilt. And then, of course, Justin crafting it. Like, I've got the greatest team in the history of mankind. I, like, we'll go head to head so with you anyone. Still work, you still work with them? Oh, God. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hell amazing. Yeah. They, it's, you know, I work with a lot of people, but like my core, core team. It's you like know. having like a good paintbrush to use. Yeah, I mean, like literally, like I. So here, like that's how it started with the Goo Goo Dolls. Like the, you know, and then I let, and then Robbie asked me to play piano on the song, so I played piano on it, and then it got released. And like the day it was released, he sat me out and he's like, "Now look, your life's gonna change a little bit. Like tomorrow, it's gonna be a little bit different." And sure enough, once I had that one credit with uh, Goo Goo Dolls, because it was like I wrote orchestra on that song, I played piano on that song, like. And we went all out, you know, it, it like it, it's it's that whole album is amazing. But like um, Robbie stepped into territory that he wasn't yet, you know, like really super familiar with stepping into John Resnick. You know, it's just one of the great songwriting geniuses, you know, uh, yeah. just challenged himself at every turn. You know, it was really it was it was a glorious. Um, That's got we had a hell of a time making that record. But like. Anyway, it opened the floodgates after that. Then I started getting people like Michael Franti and Spearhead. Like that was, I, I worked on a song called 1159. And that was like the first actual like hit song that I got to like write strings for. And he's another guy that is just one of like these, he's, he's so awesome. He's like, he's a barefooter. He's, he, he's, he's so talented. He's so diverse. You know, Michael Franti and Spearhead, like Greg Wattenberg, uh, brought him to my attention next. And then, uh, one of the ultimate bands for me is the band in England called Cardiacs. And they were run by a staggering, staggering genius, like David Lynch level, named Tim Smith. God rest his soul. Yeah, he died um, a little while back. It was a terrible blow. And this band, I didn't work directly with them, but like Tim had had a series of strokes. He was pronounced dead for like, you know, several minutes. And then by the fourth of his great colossal genius he just he like relearned how to you know do all the stuff he was crippled he was incapacitated wow. and like learned a way to communicate with like his brother jim and uh, Talk you know about just inspiring stuff i know man. like they they're, they're gonna make a movie about him and my um like the, the the fans of cardiacs are called pondies nobody really knows why we're called pondies but like that, like we're about as hardcore a fan base as you can get huh? yeah and so hello to all of you uh you know it, it, it's it's like a true it's like an army it is an army and it's becoming more vast because like the world is now catching you don't want to get that mad at you on twitter no you don't no 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 so no i'm glad that you said that actually because like so i wanted to do something to like help raise money for tim's recovery because it because it was so costly and so many people you know have 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 done you know in their own ways, like the same thing. I did this back in, in 2013. It's still going on. But I took one of his his songs called uh, The Duck in Roger the Horse. <laughs> it's a fabulous title. That's a great and title. And I did what you're talking about with like your own visuals and your videos. I took what elements Tim had provided me in the song, and I just put them in a different context. I wrote them for like string quartet, and I 
that was a really unbelievable process like digging into like the mind of tim smith like how he does what he does it's he's such a freak of nature <laughs> i can't tell you i love great artists yeah i i do i get fired up it helps me to like worship the lord more because like it all comes from him and it's just like the lord seems to speak to me exclusively through great artists and often people that are like holds completely antithetical views yeah. Just to kind of demonstrate to me that, like, he uses who he wants to. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Paul, for instance, who was formerly Saul of Tarsus and was a mass murderer of Christians and became the architect of the entire faith. Um, you know, that's so I, I so Tim Smith is like one of these people for me. And I, I there's a video on YouTube, like the making of this actually. And, you know, because the fundraiser is like still going on, we're still collecting money to send to to him and even after all these years it's, it's an ongoing thing and i called it rhapsody for the duck and roger the horse and it just started generating like interest and and i was so blessed to do it and then tim heard it i i did I, like i'm not ashamed to admit i cried when i heard this like he tim smith watched the documentary this you gotta understand this guy like revolutionized my life like like he's david lynch territory and he told the attending nurse at the time he had said, uh, was I dreaming or did I really just see that? And he would like watch it several times. I'm just like, this guy is like, like a, a freak of nature. Like his genius is overwhelming. Wow. It's so unbelievable. And like, here he is affirming me. And it's just, there is like this, like, who am I? Oh Lord thing that comes over you. Like, I'm just a man, Lord. Why me? Which I often feel like now. But we can't let that as creators get in the way of uh, pursuing our vision doggedly. Like, there is no failure. The only failure is not to pursue what you know is your vision. So just do it, man. Wow. Like, seriously, I just want to be the first out there. So I'm kind of taking you to all through, like, a brief, like, guided tour of, of, of some highlights so far. But, like, from the Goo Goo Dolls opening that door came Michael Franti, came my ability to get my work on behalf of cardiacs out to them yeah. then came working with aqueous wow and aqueous are like you know like they're just they're, they're they're imposing musicians true artists and like working with the guys dave loss mike ganser evan mcfadden like they've had a variety of drummers that i've had the privilege to work with but i've worked with like those three guys on a pretty consistent basis. And I worked on a project called Willie is 40 with them at, at first. And they were of kind of a sprawling, not a jam band. Everybody calls them a jam band. They're not a jam band. Okay. Like they're progressive. Yeah. They're, they're, they're symphonists of uh, using a rock ensemble and all their fans right now, the aqueous fans know what I'm talking about. And then we did the album cycles and man, Dave and uh, Mike, you know, like nothing gets by these guys. It, I wanted to bash my head against a wall at the time because I'm not used to kind of like being given like a, a set of parameters the way that they did, but they have such a clear vision of their music. And then I got to operate within it and we just created this. We, we, we did several things, but there's one song called Staring Into the Sun. That's like, this is like huge thing. And I'm so proud of it. Like, and I wouldn't have happened had the guys not have like really cracked the whip on me. And then from there came, yet again, the crown jewel of my heart to work with, the band The Reign of Kindo. And uh, I'm recently working on a project uh, by two of the guys uh, uh, in the uh, the band called Dead Sages. And it's just like... I love that saw, name, Isn't Dead it great? Sages. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. So, like, 
yeah and, and the first song that you know we worked on was called state of mind and it's like all about what we're talking about i'll let you hear it like yeah, it's not out it. yet but like it's so good and um everything that reign of kindo sends my way is just like it challenges me like so then we did an album called play with fire which is for me it's still like the most meaningful like i was working on the album while i was using cocaine i was working on that album when i got out of cocaine oh, it saw a different aspects it, it did like it saw me it's so like crazy, I, like, like like i had like you were straddling you were such a complex person but i love it i was straight i love it dude thank you i think i'm watching but, uh, a legend right here but like i was straddling to you know like like heaven and hell and it was like wow. you know like it was the chasm separating the two that like it, where i found the sound i and and i had then then we toured brazil together and so the like i'd say more than anybody oh and then denny lane i got you know like penny lane no, i'm just kidding yeah well <laughs> close because denny lane founded the moody blues really and then he joined paul mccartney in wings and what? this guy so there's a connection between denny and penny yes exactly <laughs> seriously awesome. and so like Den so then denny brought me this master like well i cornered him a little bit but like i i, I told him i was like he's he had this magnum opus of his that he'd been working on for like years and it never saw the light of day it, it, it was called uh, arctic song it was like a 15 16 song music theater piece wow. now denny lane like the moody blues like changed my freaking life when i was like oh my god you can do classical and rock that's like a thing that's and crazy so i got to meet him and i that sounds amazing and i got brazen with him like i literally looked at him and i was like in one week i will orchestrate all of this for you and i knew he wouldn't believe me because who would believe that right well i did Wow. I did. You're like me. Once you get that, once you get it, exactly. You're not gonna stop. You're not gonna go to sleep till it's done. You need to be a bulldog with this stuff. Yeah. Like it, you don't even have to try. It was just like I couldn't. I didn't have the option. Like Denny Lane gives me the okay to work on his freaking masterwork. And what am I gonna do? Go to bed? Like really? Like nobody ever died from lack of sleep. Okay. Like I, my soul, on the other hand, would have died had I not have taken the shot. And it's almost like the 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 drive to get it done keeps you up. It's better yeah, yeah, than yeah, coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, yeah, you can't go to sleep until it's, it's a done. danger zone at the same time too because like you know and I'm going through this now like um my girlfriend's like you know really kind of helping me with this you know a little bit because like I'm not aware of how exhausted I often am like I'm just not because like yeah I can't tell the difference anymore between um excitement and anxiety yeah everything just feels adrenal yeah, you know, you like, mean. yeah, and that's dangerous a little bit. Like, you gotta like rein that in, and I'm learning yeah, how to do it as I go. Harness. Yeah, that's gonna be like a lifelong thing. It's you hard. Know? It's like a power that you have to harness. <laughs> it's really like a bowl. Is. This is why you see me going like, like riding this all the, the time. Is because like yeah. I do. Like I know you'll understand this. Like it is riding the bull. Yeah. Like it's like riding Taurus. Yeah. Not just any bull. Like the I'm bull. riding like the apis. Yes, bull. exactly. And it's so that's like a, you yeah. see me going like this because like a lot of times like when you're doing this when 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 you're in the grip. It's like Mithra slaying the bull, dude. The myth of that. I like that better. Yeah. Actually, that's what it is. Well dude. done. But look, like you do kind of feel it's super powered like you feel like 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 i just feel like parts of me are glowing at, you, you know, when this is happening but it does take a toll like one must be careful but at the yeah, same time yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know like it, it's you got to take the shot when the opportunity presents itself yeah so um but that's like that's the very general trajectory of how all this happened it was the goo goo dolls that opened that door because i don't care how good anybody is one person always winds up opening the door and giving them the shot yeah and then by god that's the way it works you take that shot yeah you have to take it like if you don't take it that's your window it's unthinkable yeah and we don't pick and choose our windows so it's like you know like, what like the m&m song like you got one shot you one do. opportunity 
Yeah, but like you know, that's the horrible truth of this. Like yeah. you do, and you know what? Like by God, you take that freaking shot. Like you hold that trigger and you spray that thing with bullets and shoot that okay? three pointer. Seriously, like you cut it in half. Yep. You don't just take the you shot. Take the hell Be an MG forty two, where the, the point where it fires a thousand rounds a minute yeah. to the point where the take barrels need to be changed you can out until like, you have no more. You break the anvil. Now yep. don't just strike when it's hot. Make it hot and then strike. I can't emphasize That's this enough. That's a good enough. one. Make it hot and then strike. Yeah, take a flamethrower to the anvil if it's not hot. Like you, you, that's you, such a good. Uh, ooh, I like that. They use that. You, what? It's that's all yours, baby. Yeah, <laughs> go go right ahead. But like, this is what being an artist is, and I just can't emphasize enough. Um, you 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 need to be dogged. Okay, and get the just get out of the arena if you're not going to be like uh, like this. This won't seem like a sacrifice if you you know are possessed of like a real vision or you're possessed with the need to go out and seek the vision that you know awaits you. Okay, like the sacrifice would be not doing it. So I don't even talk in terms of like oh I had to sacrifice this and this. I had to sacrifice nothing. I was doing what I loved the entire time and I'm still doing it and I'll never freaking stop. Yep. God Himself would have to stop me and God seemed to seems at this point to have anointed it. So and 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 I'm doing it you know like in the end of the day to glorify His name and He rewards that. And um, I'm just here to say that like being created in God's image is not describing anthropomorphic elements like hands, eyes, arms, you know, God to, to ascribe that to God is God describes himself in such terms only when he's condescending to us, like in, in talking to us, like the babies that we are, what it's really describing is the creative and the creative act. Okay. Like the self-awareness and then the urge to like build things okay because god is the uh, is 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 creativity incarnate like l l like i said um that's one of his elements certainly but like he is the ultimate creative genius and like i'm saying this right now because i feel like i worship him better the more i create and david lynch and people uh like tim smith from cardiacs these people in my life have been prophets to me like the lord like like what like what anybody believes about this is like for me right now it's a little bit immaterial like for my life i know that this is like you know the the truth of it not my truth the truth the logos yes the logos baby i love it and uh exactly and i just want to say that um it took me listening to people like david lynch it took me listening to people like tim smith and 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 just listening to to, to legendary creators like i'm regurgitating what they're saying and that's what we do as creators we recontextualize it and we put it out in our own voice so real originality is exactly yes it's reflective of one's own image and yeah, um man. so we create things in our own image you put your soul god creates it. us in his image we create you know things like in our own you image put your soul into it yeah you we like Literally. become a living diary entry yeah okay john lennon was like that John yeah. Lennon like was always he in died the pit. that way. Yes, he, he did. would put himself out in the he world was in the struggle, fearless, walk around New York City, and like that was who he was. Yeah, like John was very much in it, you know. And and like when you listen to an album like Plastic Ono Band, which I can listen to once a year because it's just like so scathing. Yeah. It's like the man so is good. bleeding. And then he would he would get he would do these like visual art projects yes. where he would yes. sit in a bed With for Yoko. a week and, and say, "I'm not going to leave this bed till the war ends." The and, bed in for like, peace, and then and then he would get, and then he would change his mind, do something different. People go, "Oh, you, what are you, what are you leaving that behind?" No, he's just he. That's just how he is. Mm -hmm. That's just how he operated. Yeah. If he felt that way, he did it. 
And I do want to say this too. Felt. Like I like so John was also very much in love when he did these things and Yoko for all the bullshit that she takes or whatever it, it, like you know from people like John loved her. Yeah, oh and yeah. Oh, I love John. So you know what? Like I'm not going to talk smack about his girl. And like furthermore right, right. like I, she yeah. pushed him. Like some of the greatest songs of all time were written for this woman and by god like Oh yeah. I intend for the same thing. Did he name his album? Did he name an album after? Uh he named a couple he he named a song Oh Yoko. Yeah. The it's he I mean the ballad of John and Yoko. Yeah. Like John was unapologetically in love oh, with yeah, this that woman. Was his, that and was that his, is the that way was to soul. be. Yeah. And you know what? That's like a beautiful thing because like I'm undergoing it now. Like uh now he, you know what it's like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like it in it's scary and 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 it's wonderful. It's terrifying and wonderful. Uh, because you you just kind of realize like I'm very much like helpless in the face of this thing, like like there's her, there's me, and then there's this third entity, like certainly the Lord. I mean, that's what kind of like you know, the brings Holy it to Spirit. You. The Holy Spirit is really just you know cascaded over this thing, and this is the only time in my life where I have like been with somebody where we believe the exact same thing, and wow. there is something to be said for that. Like one. There's an intimacy to the whole thing, and it, it's just like really enriching my life. I don't know, you know, what what the future uh, holds in terms of the specifics of it, but like I, I I do know that it's just like it escalates. This keeps escalating, and 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 as a creator, it's like this. It's like finding a hidden, limitless well, and so I tend to just be in a constant state of combustion now, and I um. You know, everything is a double-edged sword as a creator. Like, you know, one must be careful because because I am I'm 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 human. I mean, like I, like I'm sitting here sweating right now because like my fever I think broke, and um, you know, it's like I don't even know what the hour is right now. But who it's cares? Almost two hours, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, but it's just like I don't know. It's just like I'm I'm learning how to like achieve a semblance of balance and keep increasing that right now something that i thought would be foreign to me as a creator because like being a creator is an inherent imbalance yeah like you can one chaos. chaos like think about what a genius is it's the ca instance. you're taking from chaos yes and trying to bring order into a piece of art you That's must really what inhabit these places like i don't even consider myself like I don't like I don't consider that I'm even a writer. Like I consider myself to be like a conceptual archaeologist. Like I'm unearthing things and like dusting the bones off. Yeah. I, I it's I like very that. much an act of retrieval I like that. of things. Like I'm going into another dimension for this stuff. And like, does it sound highfalutin? You bet it does. You bet because it is. Okay. And like through the tenets of transcendental meditation and prayer and and being in love with so, your like your soulmate and 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 even if you're not like you, yet and, and you 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 haven't found yours or just like you know when you've connected into the path that you are supposed to be walking it's an unmistakable feeling it took me about thirty six years like to finally just have both feet on that path uh, up until a couple months ago of which you Neil were instrumental by the way. I do, you know, very much so. Like you saved my life. I mean, God used you as an instrument. I can't emphasize wow, that I didn't enough. Know that. Absolutely. Oh yeah, uh, you know, thank him for you every day. Um, and Neil and I go at it sometimes, like of we, we do. like we do, like we, we fight like brothers sometimes because we are brothers, you know. So it, it's, but I, but I do. Good, I just feel very celebratory, and I love talking about like creativity. I mean, there's so much, you know, to to talk about here. But like, I guess what I want to say to to all the creators out there, like don't just take a shot spray it 
Okay, I would yeah. like take out your get Mac there, get 10 the rebound and, and take another one. Set it to full auto. Yeah. Okay, like make your shot. Yeah. Make a shot to take. Yeah. And you can. Okay, be dogged, be a bully. Okay, nobody is ever these people like Goo Goo Dolls and like David Lynch or whatever like they don't have time to mess around with a person that's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, the, I'm like, like apologetic yeah. ab- about what they're doing. Like, be assertive. I, like, yes. Like, I like, like, what's the worst thing that, you know, is going to happen? Like, oh, you know what? Screw this. Like, if, for instance, my logic when I stole Robbie's song and like wrote strings to it when, when he was away and I didn't even have permission was this. Is this guy really going to come home and hear an orchestra on his song and say, you know what? F this kid. I can't believe like he cared so much about like doing this thing for me that he like went behind my back and just put an orchestra on it. Screw him. No, he's not going to say that. He's going to realize, damn, this kid's got tenacity. This kid's got a pair on him. And that's what I had. And I still do because I can't because it's not even having a pair or being courageous. It's like I have a horror of not of ever waking up in the morning, you know, with like a coulda, woulda, shoulda mentality. I just think it's inbuilt. I thank God for the horror every day because it keeps me taking shots. Yeah. So like nobody, you got to be loud and you have got, if you're not sure, if you, like it is my job to see things for these artists that, you know, is a little bit hazy that they know is out there. I'm like a, like a surgeon, you know, like a specialist. You know, they bring me in to like see things that they know like their songs need, but like they're not yet sure exactly how to go about it. That's my job. What a great, unbelievable calling that is to to work with these people, all of them, any great artist. I just love it. I, I'm a ground floor kind of guy, which is why I love being on this podcast, for instance, because now Neil's getting like some real traction. That's why I love having you on, man. You know, it's just like, so I want to say I was there at the beginning, you know, for yeah. it, because by God, that's the place to be. And so be there. You can do like, I'm not going to. Well, there's no way around it. You can do it. Yeah. It's possible. If you do it. Yeah. You can do it if you do it. And uh, like, you, but you've got to take you the steps. You have to do it. Be a bully about yeah. this. Like, you know what? Not the door. Just start down or whatever. Just start making stuff. People. Yeah. That's just it. do it. Like, honestly, like right stream of consciousness. Like, you don't know what that means? Look it up. Google is your friend with this stuff. It's like, yeah. this is an infinite universe. Yeah, it's true. Okay. It's just like, literally there. It, it, it's like portals all the way down instead of turtles all the way down you know it's just like, like but 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 like really there's just like and don't be afraid to just immerse yourself this is a lifestyle okay i am like i am god help me if if i ever reach the day where i'm not living this okay um and i'm here to tell you like i'm being a little aggressive about this because like you need to be aggressive and i want to inspire somebody right now to just like like if there's one person listening to this right now who has like been on the fence and just needed to be activated. Like, by God, I pray to the Lord right now that like this activates you. I'm telling you right now, just do it. Screw anybody that says otherwise. Yeah. To hell with them. Yeah. They're not on your journey for greatness. And what, and if everybody's great, then nobody is right. If everyone's special, then nobody is the special people are the ones that take the shot. And so make it unacceptable for yourself to not be special. That's how you got to do it. You got to get fired up. You got to get a little bit angry. You got to get angry and outraged at the idea that you will not be heard. You have to make that the horror in your life if it's not already. Wow. And so I just kind of wanted to um, share those things directly because I felt led to do it. And uh, I really know. wanted to do this every month if we could. 
bring you back on. That's or, fine. You know, yeah, however, like that, as, all right. As often as you know possible, I love you, baby. Yeah, as often so, as because this is this has been a yeah. This has been fun. This, been yeah, this great, has been a great dude. one. That was a quick, fast two hours, dude. Yeah. Well, you know, and we just we roll. Just dude, that was that the was last deep. One was like got a lot of sound and everything. Perfect. A lot of ten minute clips out of that. Oh well, that's wonderful. Okay, so great. listen, I want to ask you this before we close sure. out. Are you active on Twitter yet? I hate Twitter. <laughs> so are you ever, are you ever going to start that thing or not? I will like once uh, um, the, the, the project once the project for David Lynch that I'm doing like. So gets how about going. how would I tell people to follow you? Do you have a Twitter or no? Uh yeah yeah but follow not, him on Twitter. Well no mine's like kind of, my Twitter's secretive like Instagram like Facebook is honestly okay, the best way to do it. Follow him on Facebook. Yeah, like that's I'm Instagram most on Facebook. Look him up on Google and just follow him wherever he my is. My Insta is kind of like does that, does that work? Yeah, Facebook is, is is like the best one. But yeah. um, if anyone's interested um to 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 do this to kind of like see now, some we're gonna of the get work you a YouTube done. channel too. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that my project in the next couple next month is yeah, make you a YouTube channel. Yeah, you need you need to have one, dude. You need yeah, to be immortalized on YouTube. I've heard that, you know, it's and then like, if it gets monetized, you'll have a check for when you're retired. I'm just like, I'm so busy, like, we're like, like being in it, you know, that yeah. like, it's hard for me to like, think of it. It'll happen. It in these, well, like, I'm going to push you off that cliff. I've got, so I want to give a shout out right now to Kelly Heaton, who is like one of my best friends in the world. And also my personal assistant, like she very much has been saying all is she on Twitter. She is. Yeah. Follow her on Twitter. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Kelly C designs. All right. All right there there yeah. you go. And yeah, then also K E L L E E S E E design. Yep, I'll put it on the screen. I'll put it in the description. Also, She's a genius. Also, you know where to find me, Nickel City Chronicles, youtube.com slash Nickel City Chronicles. And also, I just started a new channel. If you're into mythology and history and deep historical, you know, mm -hmm. philosophy stuff, find me. It's called Gnostic Informant on YouTube. I must say, it's really formidable and impressive, the stuff that you're doing. Thanks, I mean, dude. like, I mean, like, you know, and that, even it. if I hated I you. I'd still have to be like, but damn, this kid knows what he's doing. Thank yeah, you. so it's more of an objective statement of fact, but like, Thank really, you. he's killing it right now, and you'll want to do this. Like, yeah, yeah, I got some pretty good people that are following me on there. That, that I uh, say that you know, jeez, Louise, I couldn't, you know, that yeah, was Mark, really Mark, Good, Mark Goodaker, who's the head of the historical department at Duke University, just started following me, and I'm just like. What do I like, do? Holy affirmation, Batman! But yeah, thanks. And you know, did the just yeah. That's all. That's all really what it is. You know, if you like that kind of stuff, find find me over there, or just keep keep watching my podcast on here in Nickel City. And um, dude, that this this has been even if one person followed me, and that's it. I would keep doing it because I just love doing it. I yeah. just love making stuff. I love talking. I love having conversations. Amen. You know what I mean? Like, one cannot work out one's, you know, perceptual framework of this universe without sort of, like, putting it through a process of distillation by talking in this way. Yeah. I find. Yeah, this so. is therapeutic for me, too, man. Oh, wait, man. You know how we roll, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. I'll see you guys later. Thank you, everyone. That's it.